0: Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, buddy. Good. Thank you for joining me here on the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River. Thank you
1: for joining
0: me, John, (laughs) on the banks of the gorgeous Tennessee River. Here for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Yes, we are. And today, uh, we have a special guest in the uh, studio. Oh, who who might that be? It's Ray. Ray West. Now, today we have a special topic. Okay. It's a mystery topic, and you're going to reveal it to me and, uh, on some occasion, I'm hoping, within this at, podcast. At some point, you will know. <laughs> All and right. So you've done lots of research, you preparation, wanna, have yeah, you? Yeah. You want to go ahead and plug the topic, and then we'll get to some current events? Uh, sure. I want to talk about
1: uh, what Jocko refers to as leadership capital, or just uh, respect capital, or emotional capital is what I'm... Okay. Like an indebtedness to the leader? Or, uh, just like a bank of, okay. that you either are putting positive investments in or you are depleting with negative investments.
0: Okay. So you're either in the plus or the minus. You're in the red or the black. Right. You have credits or debits. That's how it comes down. Okay. Well, uh, so current events, I guess... Um, You know, one thing on my mind, Ray, that I guess I should bring up, uh, I'm not obligated to, but, uh, well, what is this? It's Friday. Yeah. This was, like, uh, Tuesday. I'm a member of several Facebook groups, an F&I group, a sales group, so there's some millionaire car salesman group, and uh, some Grant Cardone's group, some, some motivational groups. Right. Well, so I'm scrolling through those, and I notice... Someone puts a uh, list of the 10 richest people in America. Oh. And it's like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and yada yada, right? Elon Musk. Or I think it was just the 10 richest people in the world, right? Because two of
1: them weren't from the United States. Who's that? I don't know. They had little flags next to them. I saw where you Oh, you saw this? Yeah. What
0: I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So maybe in the world. So they're worth billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. Right. Well, so I commented on it, and I said, uh, oh, oh, and the the post said, if this doesn't get you excited, then I don't even know you, or, uh, you know, we're different kinds of people. And I'm like, I mean, I, you know, I'm a realist. Right. So I'll make a little comment that, uh, I mean, nobody in this group is probably going to be on that list. <laughs> I mean, you know, statistically speaking, <laughs> it is probably unlikely. Yeah. So, you know, I guess we're different people, because I'm not thinking that anyone on this list is going to be on that, or in this group is going to be on that list. I got flamed, bro. Oh, really? I got flamed. People came after you. Oh, man. One one girl posted a picture of like a Winnie the Pooh holding an umbrella, and it was only raining under the umbrella. Oh, right. So it was was sunny everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I guess I'm raining on people's parade by telling them that they're not going to be as rich as Bill Gates. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you want a downer? Take your crap somewhere else. <laughs> Some guy said something about, well, being a millionaire is within reach for most people. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you realize how much more than a million, than a billion is? sure there could be millionaires all around you could be walk talking to one right. and he was it a know.
1: thousand millions yeah equals 1 billion
0: <laughs> i, I and posted then a thousand or a hundred billions <laughs> equal a hundred billion so there was a guy on the list that was like number seventh and I don't even remember his name but he was worth 67 billion right. I said you realize that 67 thousand million dollars Sure, you could get a couple of million in the bank. Hey, 10, 20 million, go for it. But 67,000 million? Right. I don't know. So anyway, it comes to find out, or I came to find out, um, the person whose uh, post it was, he said, what are you talking about what group, in what group? And I look, and it was just his personal post. (laughs) It wasn't in a group. So he's just trying to be motivational, put some on his own page. Right. And I got to show up and rag him for it. (laughs) So I apologize. I'm like, I thought this was a group. If I'd known it was your personal stuff, I wouldn't have done that. I feel like in a group, you're allowed to kind of, you know, let's have a real discussion. Well, well,
1: any time someone posts something, right? They're putting yeah. it out there, and you know, I mean, they expect comments to come back.
0: Yeah, but I kind of felt bad just because. I mean, I wouldn't go on somebody's personal page and start to, oh, you're full of crap. Well, <laughs> apparently, you would <laughs> by accident. <laughs> by accident, you did. <laughs> yeah. I got flamed. I'm thinking. Oh, one guy said, uh, "What makes you think it's not possible?" And I just replied, statistics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, winning the lottery is possible. Yeah. But is it likely?
0: $140 million to one. Right.
1: <laughs> but somebody may win.
0: You so, don't win if you don't play.
1: Right. So, all right, John. Well, if you... Uh, you overcome your your negativity or you're you're ready to see the possibilities
0: (laughs) Hey, we could have a billion listeners to this show, Ray. We could. A billion. We could have 67 billion. If all of China subscribed to our podcast, we could have... Are you trying to tell me it's not possible, Ray? If we had 330 million, I'd be happy. (laughs) I'm good there. Uh, if if 140 million vote in the presidential election, <laughs> and there's, th- what, 365 million people in America? Is that mm-hmm. right? Something like that. Yeah. So not even half of the people care enough to vote for who's going to lead your country. I don't know. Anyway. Well, enough about that. Yeah. Well, election day's coming up. This is Friday. It it's is. It's going to be Tuesday, November third. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's Halloween. Yeah. You dressing up? I am. What are you dressing at? I'm going to wear that hard hat over there and some suspenders with no shirt. So you're going to be Barry Rubin. Yeah. For Halloween. I'm going to be. I'm going to take some pants and I'm going to uh, cut them down the side and then put Velcro on them. Oh. So I'm that gonna be like kind of a construction, like construction worker, and then when somebody says, "What are you?" a construction worker. No, I'm a stripper. We're <laughs> gonna go, yeah, and then I'm gonna rip my pants off. Yeah, I'm gonna do it at the restaurant where we're having a friend of mine's niece's birthday party. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> I mean, the niece is 24. The crowds oh, are all okay. adults. It's all not right. like a kid's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, my friend said that. Uh, she wanted to go as a uh, landscape painting or a, a portrait. She was going to have a frame around her. Oh, she was going to be the painting. Yeah. So she was just going to have a frame around her, like from the waist up. Okay. A big frame. And then she said, we could get you a Afro wig and you'll be Bob Ross. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be like painting her, right? Okay. I said, okay, I can do that. Yeah. I'll be Bob Ross. I love Bob Ross, uh, but costumes like that are not practical. That's, that's what I told her. I said, "You're going to carry a picture frame around all night." Right? She you said, know, "No, I'll just uh, you know I'll walk in with it and then you put it down." Walking through doors, <laughs> sitting on a chair, I see a lot of problems with that. Well, she's 92. She's a little bit, you know, <laughs> she doesn't think about things like this. So. I don't believe that. Speaking of that, I watched uh, about 10 minutes of Harold and Maude yesterday. Did you see that? No. It's from the 70s. It's about like some 20-year-old kid that falls in love with
1: a 70-year-old woman. Okay. Yeah, I I try to stay away from those type movies.
0: Hmm. Interesting stuff.
1: You only watched part of it. Obviously, it did not engage
0: you. Yeah, it was kind of silly. You know, a lot of those 70s movies, they're just... Like, they were trying to be very artistic or something. Yeah. And it's just really, really slow to watch. Yeah. I guess maybe because it was a treat to see a movie, so they didn't (laughs) have to be that good. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's fun to watch for, you know, the clothing styles and hairstyles and Mm -hmm. old automobiles.
0: Yeah. But other than that, I, I I don't see a whole lot of value. Well, speaking of automobiles, you spent a little time in your automobile today, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Boy, I was cross country. I yeah. had an
1: appointment earliest morning. It was an hour's drive, and then I had to go another hour and a half for my next stop, and then another appointment that was about an hour and fifteen minutes from there. And and, and you moved a little furniture today. I yeah, I, I moved understand. some furniture. That was one of the uh, one of the. <laughs> Well, the tasks required
0: of me today. I think it's okay to say you were getting some outdoor patio furniture for your daughter. For my daughter,
1: yeah. And I
0: was. uh, yeah, got her first place, kind of cool, right?
1: right? She just moved out of the house. Into, well, that's a big uh, deal into her first apartment, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, now she's got some out- nice outdoor furniture, she got a good deal, cool. Yeah, especially Is since it, the, you know, free delivery. <laughs> dad, dad's, yeah. dad's service. That was really the uh, the highlight of the purchase. Yeah, but she just bought it online or something. She and, did. Off and dad uh, picked it up and Facebook
0: it. Marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at a couple of cars for my son off yeah. that the other day. Cool. Sound uh, like a good bargain. Yeah, yeah. You know, table, four chairs. Sounds uh, like, to me, that you put some money in the dad bank.
1: <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Like you're in the positive I, now. I, I got—I
1: well, don't know if I'm in the positive with that, but I'm less negative <laughs> than I may have been. No, I—I I think I—I I fare pretty well. Yeah, my, my dad account looks I, no, I think you do. looks positive.
0: All right. So, so, speaking
1: of that, so yeah, I mean, just you know, listening to a Jocko podcast—you know, I'm a big fan. I think. it brings that? Bring some good insights and. Intelligent discussion, uh, but they were talking about leadership capital, right? I think you know, just generally speaking, or or respect capital. It it comes down to what do you put in, right, in order to to get what out? At what point are you, you know, if you're taking withdrawals, you better have put some some deposits in there previous to your withdrawals. And I I don't think, you know, I I was thinking of it more from a a manager standpoint. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think we we think enough in terms of how much am I depositing into my leadership capital with my
0: employees. Do you you think sometimes it comes down to, well, I'm the boss, they're supposed to do what I say? Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: And ultimately yeah that will happen and and i think the other kind of in in my my thought process in d- this discussion uh, was just general morale yeah of a dealership right i mean the the impact of a positive morale i mean how many dealerships have you been in where within just 2 minutes of being in the dealership you can get a good sense of what the general morale is within that dealership and the positive nature or the benefit or even you know uh success of that dealership really goes hand in hand with you know with the morale yeah
0: the develops. mentality of the leadership and that kind of thing yeah uh cardone tells a story about that about 20 years ago about uh, when he was a salesman and you know i guess he was kind of new or whatever and so he goes up to the tower with his write-up sheet he said, I loved my manager because he said he had a way of putting things that, you know, he would do anything. He'd bend over backwards to help you. Yeah. But he also wanted you to get better as well. He said he remembers walking up to the tower with a write-up sheet, and he's going through it, and the manager's kind of putting in the info over on the deal or whatever. And he says, oh, I see uh, you didn't get the VIN number for the trade. You know, it's gonna. I need to get the VIN to to put it in the system here. And Grant says, Oh, I forgot. I'll go get it. And the manager says, no, no, Grant, you're busy. You know, you've done a lot with this customer. You've shown him cars. You've landed on. A- let me go get that VIN for you. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't know what to say. And he's like, no, no, sir. I'll go get it. I'll go get it. And finally the manager's like, okay, well, if you insist, you can right. go get it. Yeah, the- <laughs> you know what? Okay. I'll let you get it. <laughs> but are you sure? I mean, I'll, I'll go get it for right. you. If it's, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, well,
1: and I think it goes to a good point, right? I mean there, we spend too many hours, I mean, those people working in dealerships spend too many hours at that dealership not to have a good time. Yeah, right? I mean, you just those where there's you know some joking going on and, and you know side comments and things that you know of a positive nature, even if you're kind of you know poking fun at something. But to do it in a
0: positive way makes that... Uh, yeah, I, instead of wadding up the paper and throwing it, where the hell is oh, yeah. the VIN number? Yeah, you know I can't work a deal without the
1: VIN number. Yeah, yeah. and you know some of those places it becomes a, a, a location that people just can't wait to get away from, right? Yeah. And they drudgingly walk in. And other ones, I mean, people are excited to be there, right? They're excited for that Saturday morning sales meeting or... You know, a chance to go back into the dealership where there's just that good vibe.
0: Yeah. And where well, it draws that. I mean, a lot of times, you know, just if if you are in a town long enough and in the car business long enough, you get to know, you know, it's a small family. Let's face it, you and I have run into people in Omaha that, you know, oh, didn't you work at the place in Atlanta? Yeah, right. I think I worked with your team in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, just. Many it, times. It's a small family. Um but there was a post on Facebook this morning. A guy that said uh, a couple a year or two ago said he had an appointment. He's a salesperson. He said I had an appointment, and a customer drives up on the lot, walks in the showroom. He said, but I knew I had an appointment coming in like 20 minutes. So you know, I asked another salesman, or you know, I didn't catch the up. Yeah. You know, he kind of told the manager, Hey, hey, you need we, to get we somebody got somebody else. on the lot, yeah. right? Well, his appointment didn't show up. Oh, right. So the manager gives him a hard time. See, that's why you you know you always talk to the person in front of you. You're never skipping up, right? You don't know those people are coming. So he's like, all right, I took his words to heart. Didn't ever do that again. He said, but yesterday I had an appointment coming in about thirty minutes, and a guy drove up on the lot. He said, so I went out there and caught the up. Right. He said, well, actually, my appointment showed up. Of course. and if you test you out, the appointment is
1: definitely going to be <laughs> yeah.
0: there. For sure. Of course, he had to work with another salesman, one customer at a time, yeah. right? So the appointment worked with another salesperson. They buy the car, and uh, the next Who, day- Who now? The appointment? The, uh, I guess, I don't know about the, okay. the uh, up, yeah, whatever. but the appointment bought the car. The appointment bought the car. Okay. yeah. So he says, he's expecting a commission slip the next day, and the manager says, hey, look- uh, you know, this other salesman did all the work, you know, from the time they walked on the lot, I just don't see how I can split the deal with you, you know, just because you had an appointment with him. He's like, I'm really at the, on the verge of quitting. Like, right. what do I do? Yeah. Well, <laughs> he was got some comments like, you know, they obviously don't respect you. You need to find another place to work right. or, you know. Right. But I think it's that, what you're talking about is, is it a culture of, Helping each other out and right. teamwork and good vibes and having fun at work? Yeah. Or is it a culture of forcing people to do?
1: Yes. I, I worked with a sales manager and uniformly everybody at the dealership agreed the guy was a jerk. Yeah. I mean, he was just a jerk to everybody, though. I mean, he, he wasn't, you know, <laughs> Equal opportunity. He, well, absolutely. He was a jerk to everybody. And And in talking with him about, you know, kind of his his uh, general disposition with regard to the employees of the dealership, he referenced a book he had read. I think it may have been the only book he's ever read. But, um, and it talked about, you know, it's better to be a jerk to people because then when you're finally nice, it means something to them. Rather than if you're nice at the beginning when you have to be a jerk – you know, then they're forever, if you're a jerk all the time and then you're nice once in a while, people walk away going, I know he seems like a jerk, but really he's
0: nice. Yeah. Right? Or, or they really appreciate the one time you were nice. Yeah, okay. but they
1: they see that, you know, maybe there's more to this guy than just being a jerk. And the person who's nice all the time, when they're a jerk one time, forevermore, they're like, yeah, he seems nice, but he's really a jerk. So he wanted to be the former, not the latter. So he, he made a conscious decision to, be a, to be a jerk. Yeah, well, at least that's how, you know, right. he described his yeah. the, his current what state. What do you think? Did it work? Uh, I think he went too far. <laughs> yeah, He wanted
0: to make sure yeah, people he, knew he was yeah.
1: a He was, you know. In fact, in talking to the dealer, you know, there was something that had happened that was... Negative light on the dealership, and was kind of falling back on him. And I knew he was not the cause of the issue. So I went to the dealer and I said, "Listen, man, this was not his fault, right? You know, kind of gave him the scenario, and you know, hey, you know, he 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 didn't do anything wrong in this case." And the dealer looked at me and he was like, "Ray, I've already fired him three times in the last two years." I know he's a jerk. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but this time, he really didn't do it. yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, so he got the reputation of he being he the jerk. He got
1: the reputation. He got the reputation to he body. wanted. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't think he ever, uh, in all of the, the withdrawals of capital that he took being a jerk... I don't. I think he forgot to. But <laughs> the bank. Yeah, do enough of the other side in order to make his being a jerk effective. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know his, his one kind deed did not uh, yeah. equal weight to
0: uh, to his level of being a jerk. But so, also putting things in the bank. Uh, one thing you've said. And, you know, we've known each other for a very long time. But you said something when we were both coaching in separate dealerships, and we were just talking on the phone one night, and you said uh, something about that day. And you said, well, I had to catch them doing something right yeah, so they'd be willing to listen when I coach. Yeah. You know, and I thought, man, that's really important. Like, you know, because I'm kind of just naturally my state is, if everything's running perfectly, then wonderful. You know, we're all going to be rich. Yeah. But if there's a few things we need to tweak, then let me tweak those. Right. But I think you taught me a valuable lesson in that phone call in saying that, you know, people are more receptive to your coaching once you've praised them enough. Like you said, you have these credits in the bank. Yeah. Like saying, I know that guy's not a jerk, so if he's coming to me asking me to do something a little different, I know that he cares, you know, about my success. Yeah. So... I don't know.
1: Well, I, and I think it goes to, um, it's almost like you're trying to to answer the, the comment in their mind that they're probably not saying. What's that? Oh, you, you didn't notice that I did this, this, and this. You only noticed the one bad thing. So by kind of joining that conversation and go, hey, man, I, I saw you were busting your ass out there and yeah. you, know, you, you definitely handled them this way. Here's, here's what we need to correct. Right? yeah then I think it it just gets them okay, so he doesn't only see the negative right he sees the the work side of it, and that certainly opens their mind to so you know the fact that he is expressing the fact of all of the good and bad makes them i think more receptive to the correction
0: well, and another thing I've learned about that or seen just with my own two eyes is. When you're telling people what they're doing right most of the time, you know more times than you're telling them what they're doing wrong right, then they start coming to you saying, hey, how am I doing this? Yeah because they, they're in their past history, what they found is you're mostly going to give them credit for doing things well. Yeah, yeah. so they start asking you, hey, am I doing this well? Oh yeah, absolutely. great, you're doing that well. All right, am I doing this well? Yeah, you're doing that
1: well too. Well, and another thing that kind of put me on this track and and thinking about this for our podcast today was, you know, I've done a lot of interviewing recently. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the interview questions I asked and we've talked about it on the podcast before is, think of a manager in the past that you've really liked and tell me what it was about their management style that made you really appreciate working with them. Well, more often than not, it the person that they discuss is somebody who did something to let them know that they cared about them as much as a person as they did about them as an employee. Right. And I would also say more often than not, they would say that that manager was not hesitant to call them out when they did something wrong. Right. Right. They I mean they were by the book and I think there's a, there's a level of respect that comes when, You are by the book, and you are evenly handed with all the people, and they know what to expect from you. I think there's a level of confidence and respect in that. And therefore, that when you take the time to say, you know what, I care about what's going on with you, not just what you can do for this dealership and helping our bottom line, but also just that you're okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It goes that you're happy and fulfilled. You like your job, right? Because happy people do a little extra at work. Yeah,
1: if they feel like you you care about them as a person, they are going to, you know, when you say, "Hey, man, I need you to stay late today," they're going to be a lot more likely to agree to those type of requests than if they feel like, "Well, you know what? You don't give a crap about me. You wouldn't let me go early if I needed to, but you
0: want me to stay late every time you ask."
1: Right. And I just, it's uh, one of the things Jocko was talking about is, you know, uh, subordinate employees, they are always watching. Oh, wow. right. And and that is so true. I mean, I've seen that, you know, both in my own life coming up, getting a certain opinion of those in you know uh, leadership roles mm-hmm. over me, as well as talking to people who were subordinates, who will bring up things that... God. I, I didn't even think twice about. And they'll say, "Well, I noticed that you" and I'll go, "Oh, shoot. Somebody's watching." Right? Yeah. I mean, thank God I did it well, but I just think that that is so critical that they're they're always watching. Right? And we need to or those people in management roles need to take that to heart, right? I mean, if we require a certain thing of all our employees, was a, you know, dress or you know, park where they park or whatever. Then we we need to be following what is required of us as well.
0: Right? Uh, yeah, that brings to mind nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Right. And and again, having ha- asked that question of, I would say, hundreds of people in the last you know two years, if not in the thousands. Um it's amazing the commonality that you hear from people when they're thinking of who is that manager that you really appreciated their their management style and and it's rare that it's somebody who oh well you know what we were even friends outside the dealership and ever you know or outside the you know workplace um it was more you know they certainly held me accountable but they really showed that they they cared they didn't sit behind a desk they got out and you know participated in in things and and it made me also think of that, that uh, Abraham Lincoln quote that you shared not too long ago of, you know. greatest the, fertilizer yeah. that
0: a field can see is the shadow of its owner. Yeah,
1: yeah. greatest fertilizer a field can see is the shadow of its owner. So, yeah, it's just uh, in, in those opportunities, just getting out, spending time, whether you're doing one-on-ones or just checking in with people or, hey, man, how'd that go? And sitting there and really engaging and listening how you know at their to their comment and maybe even you know continuing it to a two to three minute conversation, uh, that's investing that that capital in that that leadership or uh, or emotional or respect bank yeah. of theirs.
0: And like you say, catch them doing something right. Right, you're building that trust. You're putting capital in that bank. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, and when it comes time that you need to ask a favor or draw upon that. That bank account that you've built up, you're much more likely to get a favorable response. Absolutely. But
1: even from the subordinate to the leader as well, Mm -hmm. right? If more often than not, if you're asked to do something, if you are saying, hey, no problem, boss. Yeah, I'll take care of that. Yep, glad to. Hey, man, I'm sorry I missed that. I'll I'll get it taken care of. Then the one time that you have to say, man, I, I just can't. Yeah. Well, you've invested money in that bank on their behalf. So it goes both so, ways. Yeah, right? it goes both ways. I don't care who you are. If you're the subordinate or the manager, be aware of where you stand. And if you don't like the, uh, the account balance, do something about it, <laughs> right? I mean, right? Yeah, because it's, it's too important. It, it makes uh, it, it is a key component to the success of the team
0: and the company. Fair enough. Well, what else would you like to add? Or should we wrap up here? No, I think we're good. Okay. Well, it's certainly been informative, man. I I love these little ideas that you bring just from books and podcasts and whatever you're doing. Uh, Good topics and good stuff, good lessons. Anything else you'd like to add?
1: No, just, hey, we appreciate you listening to another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting, and we hope you'll listen again. Yes, thank you for listening. to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional
0: episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC
1: training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email
0: us, info at com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides
1: of the dealership.
0: Right, and these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right, simply email us info at Meeting dot com. That's info at
1: Meeting dot com.